Hey everyone, welcome. This is Lucas Granger, lead pastor of Coastal Church. It is our hope that you will find this podcast today challenging, inspiring, and practical as we seek to reach the world with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. Enjoy. Lord, this morning, expand our minds. Expand our vision of you, of who you are. Lord, the, the God of all creation who speaks a word and causes things to come up into existence. Lord, the God who speaks a word and causes suns and moons and stars to be. Lord God, you're bigger than I thought you were. Lord, this morning, Holy Spirit, we just say, come rule and reign. Lord, for those of us in the room right now that that just feel weight. Lord, I pray for the next few minutes, God, that we would put aside every checklist that's in our mind, that, that we would stop all negotiating, and that for the next few minutes, Lord, it wouldn't be me that speaks, Lord, but Lord, your Holy Spirit would come in and just touch every heart, every mind, and expand us to have a clear revelation of just who you are and how much you love us. And you are great, great grace for us. In your name I pray. And everybody said, amen. 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 If you have your scriptures with you, please take them out to the book of John. John chapter 6. John chapter 6. I want to read a few things. And we are going to drop in on an amazing story. John chapter 6. Jesus has just fed 5,000 hungry dudes and women and children. And this is what it says beginning in verse 13. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets full of fish and bread and, and scraps left that the people had eaten from the five barley loaves. When the people saw him, speaking of Jesus, do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, surely he is the prophet we have been expecting. When Jesus saw this, when he saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away to the hills to be by himself. So he goes off into the hills to be by himself. There's this moment here now in the scripture where the disciples go, they get on a boat, they're going to the other side, and Jesus comes and he's walking on water, which is amazing, right? So one miracle has happened. He's taken uh, a few uh, fish and bread. He's taken, he's given thanks to it. He's broken and he's fed the multitudes with one kid's lunch. And then he goes and he walks on water. I mean, it's a pretty good day. Miracles are happening. I mean, it's just amazing. So he does this. Uh, there is a big storm while the disciples are in the boat. Jesus shows up, calms the storm. They end up on the other side, and the crowd has searched him out. The paparazzi are on the scene. They've heard of everything that is happening, and they are searching out Jesus. And this is what it says beginning in verse 26. Uh, they, they have found him. They found him on the other side of the lake. They've counted. They were like, how did you get here? All the boats were gone, and yet somehow... How did you get here? And, and, and then they say this. Uh, Jesus replied, listen, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous sign. You want to be with me because I fed your bellies, 
but you did not understand the miraculous sign. You don't want to be with me for the right reasons. There's, something, there's some other ulterior motive. Because I fed you, you have no clue what really happened there, do you? But because you didn't understand the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about these perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. And the people replied to him, we want to perform God's works just like you do. Man, we want to, we want to multiply some bread. We want to walk on some water. I don't need to have this boat payment anymore. We just want to walk right over. I mean, I would say the same thing to Jesus. I'm with him. I understand. We want to do these things. And Jesus said, listen, this is the only work that God wants you to do. Believe in the one that he has sent. And they answered, okay, well, show us a miraculous sign. Were you not here five minutes ago? Seriously, the water walking thing wasn't cool enough. The, The bread and the fish, show us a miraculous sign. After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say, and this is like, check out this bad theology here. The scriptures say, Moses gave them bread from heaven, which the scriptures do not say that. And to which Jesus is like, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give them bread from heaven. My father did. Moses didn't do it. Jesus did it. God did. The father did it. Y'all saw Moses but you've missed God, and you've got some bad theology. You've got some bad ways of thinking about God. And and then he says this, and now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us this bread every day, and Jesus replies, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. So here's the scene. These miracles had, have happened, and the people show up. They love what Jesus has done. They've, they've witnessed amazing things. They've, uh, uh, Jesus has just broken the bread, fed the crowd, and it says that they tried to force him to be their king. They tried to force Jesus to be their king, which there's so much irony to this because Jesus is already the king. And so they're trying to force Jesus to be something that he already is. He is already the king, but listen, they're going to try to force him to make them their king. And Jesus is like, why are you trying to mold me into something that I already am? And this just seems, I'm thinking about this thing, and I'm just thinking, this is, this is all of life. Every commercial that you will ever watch on TV is trying to sell you something to tell you if you get this product, if you have this thing, if you are, arrive at this level of success, if you do these things, then you will be happy, then you will enjoy life, then it will be great. But the truth is, like, I'm already happy. I'm already happy without your double Whopper with fries. I'm good right now. But they show you the commercial of, like, man, if your belly was full of this and the burger is, like, glistening and every sesame seed is placed on the bun perfectly... Like, this is the answer to your hunger. And so you're like, this does, that burger does sound good right now. And so you get it. And then the kid at drive through gives you this thing that's wrapped, and it's smashed, and it's like half a burger, and none of it's real meat, and the lettuce is all wilted, and those sesame seeds are all on one side, and you're like, this wasn't what you sold me. 
But you told me if I got this, I'd be happy. And they're, they're trying to mold Jesus into this thing. And they're trying to, to, to say, like, Jesus, this is what it looks like to be a king. And, and they're trying to change him. And I just think there's, again, the irony of, like, we are created in his image. Amen. We are created in his likeness. And yet we try to make him into our image. And we try to make him into our likeness. Uh, and this is, this is the story throughout humanity. This is the story throughout the scriptures. You can look at uh, the children of Israel. There was a time in their history where there was all these judges and the judges ruled over the people and God was their God. And all of a sudden they looked around at all the other nations in the earth and they're like, hey, they got kings. We need a king too. And to which God is like, no, I'm, I'm good with the current setup. And they're like, no, we, we want a king. Understand this, children. If, if you get the king, he's going to enslave y'all. It's going to be bad. We still want it. Now, understand that like, it's not going to be the glistening burger that was promised to you. This dude's going to whip you and beat you. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we, we still want it. We're still ordering up. Get, give us Saul. We, we want, and God's like, can I not just be your God? And yet we try to shape him into the things that we have seen. Because we begin to see things and we begin to see, well, this is what we've experienced. If this is what we experienced, this is what God must be like. And so we want to shape God into the image of things that we have seen. And yet we have a God who's trying to shape us into an image of things that we have not seen. And that's why you're so weird. <laughs> that's why all of us are weird. Because there's something of God in you that the world hasn't seen yet. And he's bigger than I thought he was. He's bigger than you think he is. And God's trying to do something new. So there's this moment of the people, and I love how Jesus responds to the reaction because they're trying to make him king, and Jesus is just like, whew, and he slips off to be by himself. He gets alone in the solitude because I think Jesus is like, at this moment, when everyone else is telling me what they think I should be, God, I need to hear your voice. Father, I need to get alone with you. I need to hear what you're saying to me. How are you molding me? Because I know everything that they're saying. This sounds, could sound really good, but God, is that your path for me? See, I think sometimes when we talk about our, our identity and, and we're really good about saying like, hey, all the negativity that people place on your life, making sure that you've, you've put that underneath the cross. And, but it's also the good, too. It's also knowing, like, okay, God, all of, these, all of the compliments, all of the praise, all of the things, that, but God, that's all good and well, but God, what are you saying? Because if it was up to these people, they would have made him a king after kings like they've seen before. They would have looked at the, the results of what they did. Listen, Jesus, I know what you need to do. Jesus, you need to open up a restaurant. Listen, our profits are going to be through the roof. Our margins are low. Just a couple fish, and you could feed multitudes. I mean, it's awesome. We don't have to worry about if the weather's bad, you'll just change the weather. The fishing is always good. I mean, they would have convinced Jesus to open up a restaurant and start these things and, and like, oh, this is, this is the way we would do it. Because you're gifted, Jesus. Look at what you did. And Jesus is like, oh, hold on, I need to get by myself. Because sometimes I think it's even the good things that we need to pause and say, wait a minute, God, what are you saying? If, any of you, if anybody here has got to spend some time in Europe, there are all of these churches all over Europe, and they're absolutely beautiful. There's some of those beautiful architecture that you'll ever see. 
I mean, just amazing. Uh, Michelangelo, Leonardo, other Ninja Turtles. Um, <laughs> painted stuff on walls. Uh, oh no, I failed that class. Um, this is beautiful, right? Like all, all of this. But you go there now, and these churches have turned into museums. And so you pay five bucks, and you get to watch and see and look at all of the thing. And while it's beautiful, it's absolutely one of the saddest places you can go. Because that's not its purpose. This thing wasn't built so that we could look at it and say, hey, that was cool of once. No, it's supposed to give glory that this is a place of worship. This is the place that we come and we worship the God of all creation. And, and, and I think it's sad because we could take what was supposed to be and change the process, change the results, and we get something that we don't even want. And we miss the meaning. Here in the States, we could have Christmas and we could decorate our houses, and there's lights, and there's trees, and there's mistletoe, and there's the fruitcake that nobody's gonna eat, and there's all of this wonderful things that we like and enjoy, and we could have Christmas and miss Christ. And we could get together for Thanksgiving, and the tables can be full of turkey and, and cornbread and collard greens, because this is the South, and all of these things, and we could love it, and we could just eat our fill, and we could have Thanksgiving and never really give thanks. We could have our bellies full and still be empty. And God says, listen, you, 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 what, what you don't understand is you've come searching after me, but you're, you're looking for me because you just want more food. You didn't understand the miracle. You didn't understand the miracle because this is a people that, you know, they've, they've experienced this miracle and it was amazing. And so, the word has spread, and people have gone out to just, okay, he's over there. So you got more and more people coming to Jesus because this is just amazing. And they go to find that, wait, he's not there anymore. He was there, and there's remnants of where he was. There's like fish bones all over the ground. There's little birds eating the scraps of bread. There's all the dirt has been turned over from thousands and thousands of footprints of all of the people that were there in that moment and experienced that miracle. So now we're here and we want to experience Jesus too, but there's a problem. He's not there anymore. And, and so where did he go? Look, all of the boats are gone and they're trying to hunt him down. They're looking because, man, if I could just get my belly full again, this would be great. But he ain't here. How did he get there? Well, let's just go there. And we move from here to there looking for Jesus. And we find him only for him to tell us that you don't understand the miracle. See, I think one of my biggest concerns when it comes to American Christianity, when it comes to the church, is that we could come to church and think it's about good music and never really worship. That we could read the Bible and think that it's just a really good book. That we can think Christianity is like, hey, this is a really good way to live our lives, and this will keep us from serving five to ten. And this, is a, this is a good way to, to keep our kids. Uh, we we want to grow our kids up in this type of Christian thing because it'll, it'll, it'll eventually benefit them later in the future. And I just want to say, that is horrible. Like, the worst thing you could do is think that raising your kids as Christian is going to have this desired good outcome 
Because that's not what the Bible says. The, the Bible says, listen, if you're a Christian, if you're a follower, like, people are going to hate you. People are going to persecute you. So in other words, like when we raise our kids in this environment, we need to raise them. Like, there's something that God's going to do in you and through you that other people aren't going to like. It's going to make you different. And so if you got into this thing thinking that it was going to be an easier and a more comfortable way of living, you were sold a lie. And that's dead wrong. And what happens is, I think we end up chasing the thing that fills our belly, but leaves our heart empty. We end up chasing the thing that, le- that fills our belly, but leaves our heart empty, all the while never understanding the real miracle is Jesus. Like, that's the whole point of the sermon, guys. Like, the real miracle is Jesus. And if he's not enough, nothing will be enough. If he's not enough, there's not a number in your bank account. There's not a good report. There's not a, a likes on Facebook. There's not an amount of fame and fortune that you could obtain. If he is not enough, nothing will ever be enough. The real miracle is Jesus. The loaves and the fish are great, but Jesus, you are the one that we're seeking after. You are the one that we're looking after. And I'm not coming to you just to fill my belly. God, I need you to fill my heart. I just don't need some bread that's only going to get me through the next hours. I need some bread of life that's going to get me through this entire life. I need something else. I need a better source than what this world has to offer. And Jesus is teaching us this lesson. And he's telling them, when are you going to understand I am the bread of life? I am the bread of life. I am your peace. I am your rest. I am your faith. I am your hope. I am your ever-present help in times of trouble. You're going through something. You want to know what the answer is? The answer is Jesus. I am there. I am the bread of life. Uh, There's just all these things that we think we need. You know what you need the most? Jesus. The thing that I need the most? Jesus. There's a song on the radio right now, like, I think it's, I don't know if the name of the song is Just Give Me Jesus, but it's just like real soulful, like, just give me Jesus. <laughs> and I get in the car, and I get all, mm-hmm, just give me Jesus. I'll be driving down the road, spitting all over the place, just give me Jesus. And so I started doing it the other day, I got my wife and my kids in the car, Daddy, stop that. I'm like, you don't love Jesus? I love Jesus. Just give me Jesus. Get my other daughters to start joining in with me, and we start doing it real. I just give it to Jesus. Just give it And we're getting into it. And I love it. You got to have some fun with this thing. Just give me Jesus. I can't sing a lick, but I don't care. I love it. So I, I've been going through this thing where, uh, and this, this is just, honestly, this has been one of my struggles is, and, uh, the church, we get busy and we're doing things and there's events and there's all of these things and we want to plan stuff and we want to, all really wonderful things. And sometimes I think, Jesus, wait, hold, hold on, just, just pause. And this is what the yeah. Spirit's been doing to me, just like, all that's great, all that's wonderful. Family fun days and reaching the community and serve weeks and serve days and, and blah, blah, blah and everything else. But at the end of the day, like, but Jesus, 
I just need you. Amen. The thing our church needs most, the church our, our, our county needs most, the thing our school system needs most, the thing our government needs most, the thing that America as a nation needs most, we just need Jesus. Amen. Just Jesus. Just Jesus. Everything else is commentary. Just Jesus. Just Jesus. And I think Jesus is telling him, listen, if you, want, if you just want me, you've got to stop trying to shape me into looking like every other king and allow me to start shaping you into who I've called you to be. I've, if you've been around the church for a while, I've told uh, different stories. Some of the stories I've told about different, there was times where me and my wife's uh, early on in our marriage where we lost everything, didn't have a paint to our names. I've told about different times where I was over in Indonesia. Um, I've been arrested a few times uh, over there. I've, I've all of these things and, and moments in my life where just complete peace, like never once doubting that, yeah, God's going to provide. I was like, yeah, he's just going to provide, like not, not sweating it at all. I mean, me and Devin just were freshly married. You know, we ain't got no job. We ain't got no place to live. We ain't got, but we got each other. That's all I need is Jesus and this woman. Uh, and, and I love those moments. I love telling those stories. But sometimes I find myself now at times where I say, God, how have I left that? Because now I'm stressing over things that just don't matter. I'm stressing over things like, why is the cameras broken and the internet's not working? Why am I stressing over things like a water bill? Why am I stressing over things? Like, why, why can I trust you being locked up in, in an Indonesian prison, but I can't trust you for the camera to work? What's wrong with me, Jesus? I mean, maybe it's just me. Am I the only one in the room? <laughs> that y'all got faith that can move some mountains, and then you ain't got no faith at all for the little things. So, I mean, it's just me. It's just me. And, and I'm, I'm having this conversation with Jesus this week, and, and I tell him, I'm like, like, God, wh why is it like this? Why can't I just rely on you? Why can't it just be a one and done? Just, Jesus, I trust you, the end. Rest of my life, things going wrong, I just trust you. Why can't it just be like that for me? Why can't it just be like lying in the sand and just... And maybe for some of y'all, it's like that. Maybe you just made that decision, and you never struggle again. But for most of us, I think it's a process. Amen. For most of us, it's a process of, of trusting and relying on God and learning to trust and rely on God. And every day, learning to trust and rely on God. It's a process. And I remember saying to God, well, God, I've been in this process for almost 40 years now. Are we about done? Can we hurry this lesson up already? I mean, Lord, come on. I, th I, just, I just thought I'd be further along than I am right now. I thought I'd be further along. Like, God, I just thought I, thought I had this whole patience thing figured out. And then I got around some family members. I love y'all, Mama. I went to the company barbecue. I thought I had patience, right? And you, you think... And then all of a sudden you realize, I still got some work to do. 
I still got a path to go. It's a process. And and Jesus is working on me. And what even happens here, what I think is so amazing about the story is if you were there that afternoon, if you were one of the disciples, the Bible says it's like they were lounging on the hills, eating their fill. I mean, they were sitting. It was a great day. They're eating the fish. They're, they're, They're just doing it up. They are loving. I mean, it is a black and grouper sandwich. The, boy, the, the, the good old country boys from the Wicked Tuna show, the Holden Beach crew, were out there. The dog was running around, you know, the seagulls. I mean, they were just loving, I mean, just all big bellies, loving it on the hill. But later that same night, the Bible tells us they got out about three to four miles out to sea, and they were straining at the oars. It went to be from a beautiful day to all of a sudden, Lord, I don't know if we're going to make it. All in the same day. All of a sudden, oh, oh, to like, there's a storm. We on this boat. Jesus ain't here. Boys, row a little bit harder. Just work a little bit harder. Come on, Peter. Come on. And you know they were yelling at John. Like, John, just come on. Stop trying to lead worship over there, John. Just, you know. Alan, come on, son. Just grab that oar. We don't need a guitar player right now. Peter trying to get things in control. John just like, just... Calm down, Peter. And they're straining at the all in the same day. Have you ever come to church on Sunday and it feels as if you're lounging on the hillside? As if the Lord has just spoken to me. He's spoken to my heart. There's a peace that passes all understanding, only to go home and all hell break loose. Only to feel like you're straining at the oars. God, what happened? You're on vacation and everything is going well and it's great. And all of a sudden the doctor calls with a report. The cancer's back. But just hold on a minute, God. There was just this miracle that just happened. But now there's this. It's it's gone from a sunny day to the darkest night all in a matter of hours. And and I just think, like, we are taught and we are trained. When these things happen, we must be outside the will of God. When all of these things happen, well, we must have done something and God's mad at us or something's gone wrong. <laughs> and that's not the truth at all. Amen. Jesus was the one that put them on the boat and told them to go to the other side. Jesus knew that their storm was going to happen, but he also knew that he was going to calm the storm. And I think sometimes when we're faced with the storm, so we might have had this miracle experience and now we're faced with something else. And we're like, well, God, where were you at? And God's like, no, I'm there with you the whole time. I knew it was going to happen, but this is just the reality of living in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world, and the enemy is going to do everything he can to get you down, to tell you that what you've experienced is not real. You are going to die in this storm until Jesus comes walking by. He's like, listen, guys, I want you to understand the real meaning of the miracle. I am the bread of life. And if you're, if you're chilling on the hillside or if you're rowing as hard as you can during the storm, I am your bread. You have a source that goes beyond just what you're experiencing on the outside. You've got to have something bigger on the inside than what you're experiencing on the outside. And if you don't have something bigger on the, out, on the inside, then when you experience something bad on the outside, you're going to give up. You're going to give in. You're going to think that I'm mad at you. You're going to think that I, I, I've lost you. And that's not the case at all. 
I love you. I am your source. I am your bread of life. So Jesus tells him this. And you would think if you were part of the crowd, if you were here Jesus saying this, you would just be like, I get it now. But you know how they responded? Show us another miracle. And to which if you were Jesus, you would just be like, seriously, oh my gosh. We should just start, let's just start this whole thing over again. Adam, you had one job, don't eat the apple. Oh, let's just, you know. I mean, the patience of Jesus. The patience of Jesus, man. And they're like, yeah, just, just show us another miracle. Like, oh my gosh, you guys. I've created you to be the miracle. I've created you to be the miracle. Stop chasing me from seashore to seashore only to find out that I'm not there. Stop chasing me from church to church. Stop chasing me from miracle to miracle. Stop chasing me from lunch to lunch. Understand and realize you've got to have something more inside of you. If the pastor preaches a good sermon or not, if the worship team does good or not, if the, if the bass player can stay on note or not. See, one of the worst things you could do is come to church and see Alan and not see Jesus. It's not about the person handing you coffee or helping you in the parking lot. All of us, we're doing this thing because we want to show you, listen, Jesus is alive. And he's done something in our hearts. And we're all just poor, blind beggars that have found some bread and want to tell someone else about the glorious richness of our Savior. Just Jesus. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. If everyone would please stand to your feet. What I find interesting is a few weeks ago we talked about the woman at the well. This week we talked about here feeding, feeding uh, the 5,000 we did the other week and then the response and there's this bread, there's this water. And I love how Jesus responds to both the woman and to the crowd here. To one, he's saying, listen, I, I, want, I, want, to, I want you to drink from a well that's going to bubble up from the inside of you. You're never going to have to come to this well again. I want to give you some living water. And, and, and to the disciples and to those that are chasing him down, he's saying, listen, listen, I want you to realize I am the bread of life. You're never going to hunger again if you get this. Now, I'm not, now, it sounds really good and it's, it's wonderful, but I thought to myself, practically, Jesus, that doesn't really make sense. Because that woman had to come to that well again. She got thirsty. She brought her bucket to the same well that Jesus said, hey, you're not, you don't have to come to this well again. Those disciples got hungry. They had to go fishing again. Wait, wait, hold on, Jesus. Didn't you say we would never hunger again? See, but I don't know about you, but I, I just think in my mind, whenever the next time those disciples fished, whenever the next time that woman took that bucket to that well, I think they came with a different purpose. I think that woman approached that well because now she's got something bigger on the inside. And she's got something in her that says, you know what? Even if this well is dry, I've got something. I've got a thirst that's already quenched. And even if we go fishing, and I, even, if, even if my belly is going to be hungry at the end of the day, I'm still full. 
And, and I know that they're thinking this, and I know, that, I know they're feeling this because Paul later on echoes it, and he tells them, listen, I have learned this. I've learned this secret. I've learned this, this thing about this life that we're living, that whether I'm full or, or whether I'm starving to death, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He's saying, listen, I got something bigger on the inside than anything that could happen to me on the outside. So we stop all negotiation with the God of all creation because, God, you are bigger than I thought you were. With every head bowed, with every eye closed. If you're in here this morning and you walk through those doors with just a weight on your shoulder, I'm here to tell you there is a Savior that's ready to take it off. He is bigger than you can even imagine. Today, this is the day of your salvation. No matter what it is, the answer is Jesus. If you're in here and you don't know him, if you're in here and you just feel like you've been one of those, that you've just been chasing hillside to hillside, trying to get your next meal, miracle after miracle, just trying to, where was he at now, only to find that there was remnants of where he used to be. He's here this morning. He said, I am your source. I am the bread of life. If you're in here and you don't know him, with every head bowed, with every eye closed, and you want to make him your Lord and Savior, do me a favor. Put your hand up real high in the air and leave it there for me for a moment, please. Is there anybody this morning that you don't know him? Don't miss this moment. there anybody all right so lord jesus for every person in this room lord i just pray that salvation has come to each one of our households lord my prayer this morning for all of us is that we would do just like you did we would slip away to the side and just get alone with you jesus Lord, that you would speak your words of life over us. That we would hear your voice more clearly than we've ever heard it before. That we come to you, Jesus, this morning with no negotiation. No, you have to do this and I'll do that. Lord God, we just simply come as your sons and your daughters saying, here we are. Your will be done. Speak to us, God. You are our source. You are our life. You are our hope. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you would like to explore more resources just like this, take a moment and download the Coastal Church app. Also, if you would like to give financially to support the ministry here at Coastal, go to mycoastalchurch.com slash giving. God bless and have a wonderful week.